Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Positivity Podcast. I didn't say trio on purpose because we had a duo of positivity today. Our buddy CJ is out enjoying some weather elsewhere. Wish him all the luck. So today, here's what you're going to get, okay? You're going to get some boring conversation with maybe some facts in there. But you won't get the funny, you know, the nice, soothing voice. You'll get none of that today because CJ is out. <laughs> Buddy, I hope you're having a good time wherever you are. Um, I am your host, Boo Pen, with my other brigade member, Miller. Say we miss up. you, CJ. We miss you, CJ. But no vodka because I don't have to deal with your ass. I'm drinking a nice Manhattan. Nice. Yeah, buddy. I can enjoy a friendly conversation with my favorite brigade man or pooping, and I'm going to get so yelled at for that. But it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> CJ knows I love him. Oh, um, yeah. He sent some updates. He's doing really well. He's doing really good. So happy for him. Um, you can find us on Facebook under Trio Positivity Podcast. And we are at Twitter X at Trio Positivity. Um, a lot happening in Chicago. Um, you know, we'll cover them all. You know, we'll try and find some positivity. There's not much there. I'll be oh, honest. There's with you. a lot of Bears stuff today. It's breaking news Wednesday, baby. Oh fuck! It was a day. It was a day. <laughs> uh, some people did not get much work done. You know, whatever, whatever that means. The Twitter or so-called X updates were flying for the Bears. It was like every hour we were getting some new crazy news. <laughs> Well, you know, some more based on truth than others, but whatever. <laughs> Lots of things were flying today, but here's the plan for today. In today's episode, we will talk about, um, you know, the baseball happening in Chicago. Some teams are playing, supposedly. Um, we'll find out what teams are still playing. Um, then we will talk about the fantasy corner. We we might need to crowdsource a name here. We We're going back and forth. Um, you know, we, we need, we might need your help there. Then the rest of the episode post a break, we'll be on the bears. We'll cover my reaction on the week two loss. We'll t talk about all the news that happened in the bears. And if we have any time, we'll preview the week three matchup that's coming up. I've done a lot of talking Miller. I'm going to throw it over to you. Tell us what's happening in Wrigley these days. <sighs> Ooh, the North Siders. The North Siders are not good on the North Side. Not, not good. As you know, last week, actually, I think it was two weeks ago at this point, CJ laid a jinx on our Cubbies. He said they were going to be in first place, and you know what they've done since then? They are, they have gone from competing with the Brewers to not competing with the Brewers. I think at the time we were a game and a half back of the Brewers. We are now six games back. Oh, wow. Thankfully, we're still holding on in the wild card. But over these last 10 days, we're three and seven. And we've played critical seven critical games against the Diamondbacks, in which we lost six and three critical games against the Rockies. Let me repeat the fucking Rockies the probably third worst team in the MLB and we get snake bit by Chris Bryant and decides he actually wants to be healthy and get some home runs. Hey, I have a question. This is for CJ. 
I know the Colorado Rockies play in Colorado. Where do the fucking Rockies play? What what, what city are they from? <laughs> They're from Colorado Springs. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Sorry. Go on. The Rockies, we lost two out of three. So it's been rough. We're still holding out in the wild card. We are now third. The th- We have the third wild card spot. So as of now, there's about four teams within two games of each other. And we're all going to be fighting for two spots. So we went from being in a really pretty position to getting swept by the by the Diamondbacks uh, over the weekend. And it's just it's not going well right now. We have two series here. Basically must win five out of six games. Almost, I want to say we're going against Pittsburgh and then the Rockies at home. We got to get some movement here. We got to win these games because it's we're in the final push here in September. And after these two layups of series, if you will, we're going against the Braves and the Brewers. So the only thing that you can hang your hat on on those two series is that they're really not going to matter. The Brewers have the division. Basically, they're basically clinched it. Uh, I know when we had our guest Preston here uh, two weeks ago, he talked about hoping that it would be come down to this final series. It doesn't look like that'll happen. Looks like they got this wrapped up into the books. And uh, in, in regards to what's happening on the field, the pitching is the biggest hindrance right now. Uh, over the last seven games, the bullpen and the starting pitching has given up four or more runs. Yes, that's not a lot. But it's it's playoffs year. I mean, we're in September. These are these games. Every single game matters, and we need to have our best. And giving up a lot of runs puts a lot of pressure on our offense. They've been delivering all of August. September has been hit or miss. So obviously, lately it's kind of been missing. So we'll see if that changes going forward. Um, no, and- no, still, still a lot of promise though. You your bats were flying high. You guys are averaging over ten runs a game. You're pitching like starting pitching especially was on fire a couple of people had under one era or close to that like i think you guys might have peaked a little bit early but still you are in the in the hunt pretty late this is pretty promising stuff for you i hate to talk good about the cubs but you know yeah i mean you're right we I, i think we peaked early for sure um august timeline but the other thing that's kind of hitting us is injuries Obviously, all teams go through injuries, but um, we lost our closer, Albert Azale, a few weeks ago. We don't have a timeline on him. Um, Candelario, our third baseman, who we got at the trade deadline, he's been on the IL, hoping to get him back next week, so that looks promising. And there's a lot of news around Stroman, but nothing official yet around on when he's going to be back. So we're running out of time here. Nick Madrigal actually just went on the IL. They don't know anything about him. Obviously, he's not a starter per se, but he's had a lot of clutch hits for us. So let's let's be real. It's not we're we're not losing these games because of injuries. It's just we're not playing good baseball right now. You should be beating teams like the Rockies and the Pirates and not being completely blown out by the Diamondbacks. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We have two weeks left, so it's crunch time, and we'll see if they can pull it out. Nice, nice. Now, uh, good luck to you guys. You guys are still relevant. Uh, give me your score. Um, I don't know if we did it last week, but last week. I think I was at a six. Up. I've been slowly dropping, and I think I'm going to go to a five. Um, okay. I, it's, I see some stories out there talking about 
oh my god if the cubs don't make the playoffs it's the biggest thing since life's bread uh or the manager should be fired and blah 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 at the beginning of the year we never even expected to be in this position so i'm blessed that we are in the pet playoff hunt i'm not going to sit here and pout because we didn't make the playoffs the problem becomes is what happens with cody bellinger because he was such a big part of this team this year and if he walks we could be taking a few steps back and that's a scary thought, but I'm going to stick with a five. I'm, I'm still happy with the direction of the team. We still have playoff. Um, we have a shot at the playoffs, so we'll see anything can happen once you make it. Okay. I'm going to pinch hit for CJ. Um, you know, positivity score, you know, he's a little loftier than you are. If you're at a five, I'll give him a six and six and a half. I think you'd be I, at a six and a half right now. Right. Yeah. That sounds about right. I think right. that's right. Cause I think he was at a seven and a half last week. So yeah, six and a half sounds good. Awesome. Um, no, like, <clears throat> like all the positivity you guys hope you guys, you know, I would love to see some baseball and uh, Hey, if anything, we'll go see a cheap, uh, Cubs Brewers game at the end of the year, you know, not, nothing, nothing bad there. Um, good things for you. Uh, we got to talk about the other team. Um, sell the team, Jerry, um, socks that plays in Chicago, sell the team, Jerry, um, we, we, we made some moves, uh, the GM, Chris Getz, who like, you know, um, this mixed room, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, people are unsure about him. It seems like a rep- repeated problem. Personnel probably who's been in the club. So there was some problematic factors, but uh, he made some hires and they are, they are some pretty legit names from what I looked up. Uh, he got an assistant GM, Josh Barfield from the Diamondbacks. Um, the pitching development he got from the Giants, Brian Bannister, and for player personnel, he went back to the Royals, which I hate, but he got Gene Watson from the Royals. Two out of three, at least, are pretty well-respected names, it seems. So um, that's the only news I had from the South Side, Seller Team Jerry. Um, yeah, uh, that's all I have. Positivity score, I was at a three. I'm going to stay at a three. Who knows? These are just names right now. There's some promise, but... Again, with the, uh, you know, like institutional problem we have with the team, I think. I don't think this is going to get in the way. Sell the team, Jerry. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Let's look at these teams here. The thing that's always bothered me over the past years when it comes to the White Sox decision making is they're picking people from teams that historically haven't been the greatest. Are you really excited about a GM from the Diamondbacks? Like... They're an up and down team. Are you excited about a player personnel person from the Royals? Like they are terrible. Like the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, they're they have up and down seasons, too. But it's like you would much rather be getting these people from teams like the Rangers, like the 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 Yankees, like the Astros, the Orioles. I mean, the Braves, like why are why are the Sox adding these guys from these shit organizations? Yeah. Like, I just don't understand it. Like they I mean, I get the well-respected thing, but I mean, look at your current manager, Grafold. He was well-respected and look at where he is. They're talking about him being fired. So mm-hmm. it's just like it just it, that irks me, man, when I see that you're getting these guys from these shitty organizations. I yeah. just don't like it. Like, honestly, it's more popular than our GM pick right now, which is sad to say. But some of the guys, again, it's just it's just conversation right now. Nothing's happened. But that's where we are, you know. Uh, I think the positive rating is pretty low, so they can't do much. Um, 
that that's where we are. Um, sell the team, Jerry. Okay. <laughs> um, now all that baseball behind us. Um, you know, we we move on to the fantasy segment, the fantasy football segment. We all play fantasy football. We have this new segment. We are calling it Boopin's Fantasy Corner. Uh, we we need a name. Please come up with a better one. I was thinking something like Boopin's Common, you know, Fantasy for the Common Man Corner or something like that. Miller wanted something a little bit more risque. So you guys, you guys, if you have some suggestions, throw our way. Find us on socials, like I said. But here's what's happening. Here's what you need to know going into week three. Okay. First off, um, Cam Akers, who was a surprise inactive in week two, uh, found out, what, 10 minutes before kickoff, I think, of the noon games. Um, He's been traded to the Vikings uh, along with the seventh round pick on the 26th. And the Rams get back a sixth round pick in 2026. So the picks are basically not even a factor, but he's on the Vikings. He was going to be in this section in a different corner, but because he's here, I threw it here. Um, Let's talk about it since we're going that way anyway. Someone who I'm concerned about is Alexander Madison. Uh, He hasn't done much through two weeks. Now that Cam Akers is there, uh, you know, uh, caution flag. I'm waving my caution flag for Alexander Madison. Keep an eye out. I don't think it's bad enough that you need to drop him. But Cam Akers was a volume play. Whenever he was good, um, you know, definitely takes a dent into Madison's, if not more. So proceed with caution. A couple other people you probably want to keep in. Uh, proceed with caution is Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, that offense is run first. He hasn't done much so far. Um, some people are even going as far to say you, should, you can drop him. I don't think I would go that far, but proceed with caution. The tight end landscape is a little landmine anyway, but just proceed with caution. Um, Bengals offensive unit, the whole thing, including Jamar Chase, who some people may or may not have on their fantasy squad. Um, you know, like proceed with caution there. If Burrow is down, um, they, that that whole thing might come down with them. Jamal Williams, uh, I think uh, Kamara is coming back. Next game, game, week four. So he's hurt already. Jamal Williams hasn't done anything so far. Probably droppable. I'll, I'll let you know. Make your own decision for your squad. Uh, two other running backs I want to bring up. Dalvin Cook on the Vikings. Sorry, on the Jets. Ah, longtime Viking on the Jets now. Again, that offense after Aaron Rodgers seems anemic at best. A second running back on that offense. I don't know if you want him. Again, make your best decision there. The last one is Devon A-Chain, uh, running back from the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, mo- like you, the running back is coming back from injury. Uh, keep an eye out. You might not want to stash him. Um, those are those are my people to watch out for. Maybe drop if you need to pick someone else. Any thoughts there, Miller? Uh, Devon A-Chain, I have him in one league. He's not even worth mentioning at this point. Definitely droppable. Um, Jamal Williams as well. Obviously, we have Kamara coming back, and if he can't play this week, Kamara is going to be in the fold soon. Um, you're not going to not play Jamar Chase or T. Higgins, regardless who quarterback is. Just for the record, so the offensive core of the Bengals will play, and then whether they get points or not is relevant because you're going to play them. I don't know. And just to, to, just temper your expert expectations, right? Like, be careful. Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. 
gets hyped every year. He sucks every year. <laughs> I think I, I had him half a season last season. I dropped it. You picked him up. <laughs> yeah, then I dropped him soon after that. But yeah. uh, go since, on. Since, since we talk about the negative, let's talk about positives too. A uh, couple of people um, trending upwards. Nico Collins, he was on my waiver wire segment. If you caught that on socials, uh, the entire Houston wide wide receiver core, um, you know Tank Dell, um, just signs signs pointing up that uh, that team is showing some fight. They're putting up yards, so not a you know pick anyone up if you can. Zach Ertz on again another crazy slow sad offense is doing okay in uh, in Arizona. Um, I wanted to throw a hometown name, Ross, Roshan Johnson, out there. Um, again, Bears running game has not done much. Roshan seems to be a bright spot. It's only fair that I think he gets more and more. Might take might even take over for Herbert at some point. Yeah, there was a report. There was a report today coming out that said that Roshan's. They wouldn't be surprised if Roshan took over running RB one duties in the near future. Man, I'm good at this. Uh, the other one is Josh Reynolds. Um, he is a wide receiver on Detroit. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jameson Williams is out for six games. They need a number two wide receiver behind uh, Amon Rasim Pound. So he, he caught two touchdowns, I think, in week two. So someone to keep an eye out. Someone arrows pointing up there. Um, but I kind of want to close this out um, on uh, just like, you know, so what happens in fantasy is a lot of stats for week one and week two come from stats that are based on last year's stats. Obviously, they make some adjustments based on who they acquire, who they let go. So the stats are basically anyone's best guess, right? But now there's two weeks under our belt. Um, we can kind of start predicting out how this team will look out, right? So I, I want to give you guys a couple of teams that you could play your wide receivers against and be confident that they would do well. Uh, top of the list, Washington. Um, like, you know, uh, they have given a quite, quite a lot of yards this year. So they're on top of the list. Next up chargers, uh, Colts are number two and three, uh, closing out the list. Surprisingly, Tennessee is number four on the list and Seattle is the fifth best or fifth worst, depending on how you see it. Come on, bro. Uh, you always do top five lists from five to one. Be better. Aw, okay. <laughs> I, I'll do it better this time. Number five. So uh, teams to play running back against the top, the bottom five teams to play a running back against, they'll score the most points. At number five, we have our hometown team, Chicago Bears. They've, they've been fairly generous. I thought they, had, they were doing decently. But I guess um, Tampa ran all over us. I don't know. We, we are the fifth best team That's to weird. play. Um, running backs. Fact Miami. check that one. I, I will. Uh, Miami is up there. Um, the Chargers ran all over them. I remember that. Uh, Pittsburgh is the third best team to play running backs. At number two, we have Carolina Panthers. And number one, Las Vegas Raiders to play running backs against. All right, Miller. Seems like you have some questions for Fantasy Corner today. I don't have questions. I have additions. And I know CJ appreciates this because you know what? We are two weeks into the season. And... What does that mean? That means we're trying to figure out ways to get better for our team. How do we get our team better? The waiver wire is there. Every week there's usually a stud on it from some injuries that occur. But what's the other way to get our team better? Trades, baby. And I've already made one. 
We'll see how many more we make. But let me just run you through some sell high, buy low candidates um, that are that is currently out there. Um, some sell high candidates. DeAndre Swift, he just had that huge gain for the Eagles. We don't know what he's going to be. Typically with the Eagles, they run a multi-head running back situation. You got Kenneth Gainwell that's currently hurt. You have DeAndre Swift. You have Rashad Penny. So you have a lot of guys there. So will he be the number one? Who knows? With Swift's injury history, will he take it to the next step? Garrett Wilson, he's the number one wide receiver in New York. But are you really going to trust Zach to throw him the ball? Who knows? He might be worth selling him high after he had a good game uh, this past weekend against the Cowboys. Hey, he's scored back-to-back weeks. He has. He has. But did you see the throw that he scored with the first week? I'm just saying. My personal favorite, Puka Nakao. I have him in all four. Nakua? Nakua? I think it's Nakua. I have him in all four leagues, okay? And I'm trying to sell the shit I hate. I I hate (laughs) that you traded him, not to me. So, like, this guy is a reception machine for the Rams. He has 15 receptions in two weeks. The problem is if you don't play in a PPR league, he hasn't done much else. He's got a few yards, but without PPR, it's not as big a deal. So I sold him in my non-PPR league, and I'm keeping him the shit out of him in my other PPR leagues for sure. But I'm trying to get him because he's so high right now. And the other downside to him is will Cooper Cup come back? If Cooper yeah. Cup comes back, he still may get some performance out of him, but he's going to be the number two. So you don't know what that's going to entail. Last one, it's kind of on the sketchy side. I wouldn't mind it personally, but Mike Evans, he's had two stellar games. Do you going to really trust Baker Mayfield to leave this offense the way he is? Maybe. Um, he was a he was sleeper, but at the end of the day, I don't know if Mike Evans can keep it up. So. He's hot riding high right now. It might not be a sell high candidate. Maybe you can get um, some of the steals that we're going to talk about in a second. Um, moving on to that, some buy, buy low. Two that I have that maybe Boopin can add another one. But A.J. Brown from Philly, he just had a blow up on the sideline. I think he has he has under 15 points in the first two games, non-PPR. He hasn't blown the roof off of anything. And then Josh Jacobs as well, who had a really bad game this past week. He's been averaging under 10 points as well. These are two studs that went in basically at least the top two rounds in in drafts. So if you can try to scoop these guys up, power to you because they they are going to come and they're going to hit heavy towards the end of the season. Yep. AJ is interesting. He was upset on the sideline that he was not getting more involved while Devonta was just catching touchdown after touchdown. I think Josh is very interesting. The fact that he's on a one-year deal, he like last year, dude, that guy was running angry. He led the league, obviously. I don't, I don't know. The effort may not be there this year from him. I'm like slightly more concerned about Josh Jacobs. I think AJ is for sure. I think Josh, more than anything, I'm just like basing it all off of. They have played some decent defenses too, but just out of gut, same thing with Saquon, I think. Like, what's his incentive of coming back early, you know? He's in a one-year deal, may have some incentives here and there, but do, I do, I, I really, if you're making $10 million already, does $1 million on top give you that much incentive? So just a caution out there, but no, fair, fair call out, Miller. All right, well, that's all I got on my little entry into your fantasy segment. 
hey, those were great additions. Um, again, if if there's anything else you want to listen to, anything that's more helpful than the other, let us know. We it's a new segment. We're still trying it out. Um, but yeah, starting next week, the data should be getting stronger, so we should be able to say some of these with more convictions. All Sorry right. about that. Technical difficulties. <laughs> I, I guess that that's that's a that's a note for me. Uh, Miller needs to take a break. So hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick break. Miller here. Football season is here and upon us, and the true positivity podcast or brigade whatever you want to call it we pride ourselves in giving you the most up-to-date info the chicago bears are currently a dumpster fire and we're going to get into all of that in a second but you know what we're going to still hold out hope that cj's prediction is right and we can turn it around this chief this week against the chiefs who knows maybe miracles do happen be sure to listen to our sunday recap of the bears chiefs game and next week we can do a deep dive into the broncos We'll give you a preview on that one. And we might even break out another one of the must-win monikers. We know how those have gone. But thank you for listening. Be sure to like, follow the T.O.P. Trio of Positivity Podcast. Thank you. Over and out. Let's get you back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. Oh, you know what that means. It's time to recap another Bears loss. It's time to recap how I thought the team would be 2-0 right now. And just like the team's record, my predictions are also 0-2. Um, you know, preseason expectations went to shit. The team looked better in week two, but again, nowhere close to where we expected them to be. We had a decent first and fourth quarter. I don't know what the fuck happened in the middle. Um, you know, predictable play call, uninspiring play call. Man, I, I'll tell you this. When Justin Fields had the ball and we just needed a touchdown to win the game, brother, brother, oh, brother, had he fucking come through, Miller? Do you know the conversations we would be having today? Keep in mind, we didn't even need a touchdown. We needed a field goal. Field goal. We were down yeah. 20 to 17 when he got the ball, and I think everybody in Chicago was like, here we go. This is it. Here we go. We had so many times last year where he had a wide receiver fumble the ball or someone dropped the ball or something on these game-winning drives, and now we're all already like, okay, this is our moment. And Anyway, it was sad. He threw a pick six from the five-yard line, I think, the shortest fucking score that defender will ever fucking get. Anyway, um, some positives, um, you know, Claypool, more were more involved. Good to see that. Um, Justin Fields supposedly has good stats in the red zone and 20-yard-plus plays. I, I, again, I probably need to fact-check that, but those are the positives I took He just doesn't away. get to the red zone. It's fine. He just doesn't get there. When he gets, he scores, though, it seems. Um, but uh, disappointed in the defense. Third and fourth down were awful again. The running game was pathetic, including Justin Fields. That was my recap. I'm hurt. But I, I look forward to week three. That's where I it's, am. It'll be it was sad, man. In regards to the pick six, did you hear the the Bucks defender came out and they said that, that they knew what coming. play was gonna be coming coming? It's just like, what are you doing, Bears? We talked about it on Sunday. Like, you don't throw that play out there. I don't give a shit. 
you, who's you watch out there? The game. Who's your quarterback? Like, yeah. come on. It's you're on the six yard line and you're gonna throw a screen pass in the middle of the field right by the lines? Like it doesn't make any sense. That was a sequence when they had like um same play called three times, right? That th- the touchdown was the third play call. Like something like that happened. Something like, like, I think over yeah. the course of the game, maybe. I don't know if it was that, but it was just like I know CJ hates the, the screens. I, I understand them, I get them. But like that is not the situation to throw a screen pass in the middle of the field. I'm sorry. No, no, but and like you know, like I think Justin Fields's play is the most things I've seen on Twitter X this week. Like everyone in their mothers is a fucking genius looking at X's and O's, and I get we are disappointed, but everyone can figure out. Oh, that guy's open here. Throw here and throw that. I get it. He's holding on the ball too much. He's nervous. Blah 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 blah. But Jesus Christ. Everyone is so disappointed. It's probably the most reviewed uh, play calling or play by any quarterback ever I've ever seen. No, it hey, this is the same shit we saw with Mitch, and that's what's so concerning to so many fans. Is it's it seems like we're going through the whole merry-go-round again. I mean, you remember the one with Mitch where you're gonna be see him the middle of the field's wide open and you have the the i think it was tight end Komet running across the middle wide open and he just missed him it's the same shit when he doesn't get the job done when he misses wide receivers consistently yeah these are the things that are going to be on twitter it's sad but that's the state of the nfl man they question yeah. everything that he does now like one thing i would agree and i think like will help open my eyes a little bit is like him holding on to the ball um, him not, like, you know, like just like kind of honing in on people, uh, like some of those things that like the growth hasn't been there in some of those things. And those are very apparent thanks to all this criticism I've seen. That's, I think, somewhat fair. But yeah, uh, you know, we'll on see how it three, goes. like Bill Belichick says, right? The one last stat I just wanted to throw out there was two things that I one I failed to discuss on Sunday is I really felt like Tampa Bay was making Justin Fields beat them with his arm. Obviously didn't do that. But the second stat that came up um, was in regards to him holding the ball. So he's been sacked 10 times this year. Nine of those times he's held the ball for more than four seconds. It's just like you can't do that and be in this NFL. And we'll get to his comments that he made today in a few, um, but we're just doing a brief recap. So, I mean, you just can't do that in the NFL as a quarterback, and hopefully we can see growth moving forward, and he'll be a new guy, and maybe we'll make some noise. Who knows? No, that's a great transition, I think. Um, Just like it's been a bear-heavy day in Chicago, so many news breaking. Um, Started off with a, a press conference that you just alluded to, Miller, Justin Justin Fields was usually fairly muted, you know, is fairly diplomatic. He went out and said it that, you know, like he was the play calling was slightly. What's the word he used? I think he used uh, um, predictable. Like, what was the word he used? I don't know that he was talking about the play calling as much as he was talking about his performance. Um, he used a lot of words pertaining to himself, and he acknowledged many times the fact that he needs to get better. But the biggest thing that came out of this presser was the fact that he basically told everybody what we already knew that he was getting overcoached, wanted their, that they wanted him to stay in the pocket, and that he was thinking too much. That is basically what we've been talking about all year. He doesn't look comfortable back there. And 
that goes back to the coaches wanting him to be in the pocket more and throw more. He's not running as much, which we saw last game when he had three freaking yards. And it's like when he came out and bashed, I mean, some people are calling it a bashing. I don't know. There are a bunch of men in this locker room. They, they should take criticism, right? Whether it's public or private, that's to each their own. But like, He's basically defending his play in that sense. And it's like it kind of gave me a sense of positivity, if you will. Like, okay, maybe if he gets back to his roots, maybe we'll see something different. Who knows? But that's kind of what he alluded to during the press conference, just talking about the fact that they wanted him to stay in the pocket, which kind of led to him taking more time in the pocket and staying and focusing on throwing the ball rather than taking off. Because we he acknowledged it in the presser. We saw it in the game. There were several times where he would have immediately just gone, and he never he never left. He just stayed in the pocket and tried to force something, which turned into sacks, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, another thing that usually happens is he called the reporters back and talked to them again by the by his lockers, and he's like, hey, something I said might have been taken out of context. <laughs> I, I want to clarify. So, like, all the hoopla in social media happening, he was like, hey, just so you know, someone probably got to him, and they were like, uh, I don't know what you meant to say. You probably don't want to say it. Whatever the conversation was, he called I him know. back. And then he was like, oh, reverse, reverse. There's a reverse Uno card. I, I hate that, you know? Like, he finds out that he probably shouldn't have said something. I get heat of the moment. It happens. But it's just like, it's nice to see some honesty from some of these guys. And then when he calls oh, in. Oh, man. And the, thing that, the thing that irked me, though, is during that, when he called all the media back, he kind of blamed them for it. And it's like, I get the clickbait bullshit. But, like, a lot of the stuff I saw on X and Twitter and social, and social media and that were the videos of this press conference like these these reporters are asking legitimate questions and he's answering legitimate questions and the entire thing is there it's two minutes long you get the whole sequence it's like that's not necessarily how clickbait works usually clickbait is more of a written thing where they're taking things out of context but when they're providing you with a full question and answer it's like is that really clickbait so who knows it's pr 101 it's pr 101 you know like First thing, blame the media. Oh, I was taking out of context. <laughs> That's the first thing you do. But um, we said it was a heavy day on news. Some sad news for the offensive line. That's already in Smithers, I think. Um, Braxton Jones went to IR. Kind of odd. Kind of, I think, caught most of us by surprise. I didn't know he was. He supposedly got hurt in the game. but And it looks like it's pretty. He went to IR right away. So that tells me he's out for a couple weeks. So, I don't know. I was sort of surprised by them, but the O-line that was already like playing poorly is probably thrown into more decisions. But sometimes it can be a good thing. Uh, what do you think, Miller? Yeah, it sounds like it's a neck injury. Basically, what I'm hearing is that it, right now with the IR, he's out four weeks. But I'm hearing that, that there's a possibility that this could be a season ender. Obviously, when we're talking about necks and offensive linemen, no one wants to mess with stuff like that when it comes to fused vertebrae or whatever happens, who knows? So let's hope that it's not just because he's young. He needs the experience. Um, it looks like the bears have no fucking idea what's going to happen on this line. There's talk that Larry Borum could be the left tackle. There's talks that they may move Darnell right over there from right to left tackle. There's talk that 
Jatir Carter, who's been playing right guard, could be moved over there. They have no fucking idea. The only thing that they do know is that Nate Davis did show his face in practice this week. So this offensive lineman for probably the third consecutive week is going to look different. So who knows what to expect at this point? Yeah, it's no. it's a shit show. But the one thing that I want to point out that I've been stressing all year is the excuses with the offensive line bullshit and J- Justin Fields. I don't want to hear it. If you look down in Houston and look at CJ Stroud, who is a rookie, they are going through just as many offensive line issues down there. And he's posted, I think, over 700 yards in the first two games. So as much as the offensive line is important, you got to get the job done. That's why I don't want to use the offensive line excuses on Justin this year. This is his year to prove it. He needs to prove it. No, well said. Um, Yeah, like the O-line, Jesus Christ, Chris Jones coming at them. Oh, God, God help us. But, you know, (laughs) CJ said we'll win, so we'll win, right? Uh, Um, like no, but like it it's a good point you make about the Colts, but they played the Ravens and the Colts too, which is like I guess Ravens had a decent secondary, but I think they had some injury problems. Uh they only scored nine points, but um Yeah, like, I know, I know who that they play, but it's just like these are NFL teams. Like who have we played? We've played the Packers and the Bucks. So it's like well, these aren't two playoff teams be fair, worshiping fair. so yeah. it's just like i just don't want to use the excuses that he fields has the weapons the offensive line isn't great injuries happen but you know what if he's a true qb1 in this league he needs to get the job done agreed 100 100 um probably the meat of the call like the podcast today uh the biggest new in Ch- news in wait Chicago. we got a drum roll we got a drum roll for this no, we don't. We, we got a drum roll. We got a drum roll for this. Give it to me, baby. I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. Uh, our <laughs> defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, resigned this morning. Um, broke on X Twitter. Um, there was lots of weird news about him going around. We won't substantiate that. Um, turns out most of them were false anyway, but... Um, the truth, what we know is he, the defense performed poorly game one. He was on personal leave after that. He didn't travel to Tampa. And the reason given for his resignation was he wanted to spend more time with family. That's why, that's why we cook. That's why we, he quit. But no, um, and health and health related and health related. Thank you. But my question for you, Miller, where do we go from here? No, we're not gonna go there yet. No, don't, don't, don't skirt over Damn this. Damn it! Well, well, the lawyers said the lawyers, the lawyers said we should move on. Well, Boopin doesn't want to get into this. My whole afternoon was spent on this story. Okay, it started off with FBI raids in the palace hall and his home, and it started off with speculation on charges with this guy with Alan Williams. It tra- it snowballed into. All these different legs to all these different. It was an exciting time in Chicago, that's for sure. As speculation grew on what happened, like he said, it boiled down to basically he resigned in a letter 
they say morning. Some people say afternoon is when we received it, basically saying that he wanted to spend more time with family and health issues. But let's kind of expand on that a little bit. If you were the Chicago Bears organization and someone resigns because of health issues and you're going to take and wanting to spend time with with their family, which in all honesty, that is very respectful. Fine. You can do that. But why are you going to take a hands off approach? Why are you going to sit in pressers like Eberflus did multiple times over the last few weeks and say, oh, I don't have an update on that at this time. Or, oh, I don't want to comment on that at this time. Who's your defensive coordinator, Eberflus? Oh, I don't want to comment on this at this time. That's some sketchy shit, man. There's something underneath the surface here. It's going to come out eventually, whether it's criminal charges, whether it's something of the on the other nature, whether it's nothing, who knows? All I'm saying is if you have someone that comes off that wants to resign because of personal reasons, because if they want to spend more time with family and they're concerned with their health, that's fine. But as an organization, I wouldn't be taking a hands-off approach. I'd be supporting that person in that decision. And that's not what the Bears have done over this last week. They've been hands-off, not want anything to do with it. I think something sketchy is going on. Only the future will, will, will tell us. Who knows? I got to get in. I dug deep on this. All afternoon was spent on this. It was fun. It was a ride. And I love it. I want to clarify a couple of things. So the $4 we have in our bank accounts, don't, we don't get sued for them. Uh, Miller said speculation that Alice Hall was raided. It was not raided. It was only a speculation. Um, criminal charges, as far as we know, were not filed. Our oh, stop being so PC. Move on. <laughs> where where do we go? Where do we go from here? I don't know. I realistically, I don't think we're going to be hiring a defensive coordinator right now. Lovey Smith, think- baby, bring him back. <laughs> that would be epic. That would be absolutely epic. <laughs> he totally we, fucked they you. May, they may <laughs> do it. Just because they're so unpopular right now, they just <laughs> that do would be it. The, that would be the most epic thing ever to happen in Chicago. But I'd, we'll see if that happens. Realistically, I don't think they're going to bring someone in, especially with a new scheme. I think they're probably just going to hire from within, just bring people up like they normally do and, and kind of just kind of run the same defense. I don't know if Matt Eberflus is get willing to take it on for the rest of the year. I don't know. It's crazy. And it's just like in looking at this situation, First, do you have any other comments on this before I move to the next segment? I, I told you this before the show, um, and I, you know, good luck, Mr. Williams. You know, hopefully things with family and health get better for you. But it's honestly, I think, addition by subtraction. Like, our defense, I it, it was nowhere close to how good we think they should play, but they were better in game two, you know? Like, Everflus is the coach. His head is on the chopping block. He fucking made the call and he was calling the plays and I don't know if his ownership he showed, whatever it was, it looked better. So I probably think it's like for the Bears, if I'm the Bears, if I'm a Bears fan, maybe more for Flues to take, but I like him as a play caller. I, I'm not going to lie. We'll see. We'll see. Two different teams. I don't know. I'm not on that same boat. I feel like the defense is the defense. I feel like Alan Williams and Matt Eberflus have been together for a while, which 
leads to more speculation if Matty Boy is going to be gone. Shut up, bro. Shut um, up. But um, I think the defense, they basically knew each other front to back. So I think a lot of the things that Allen was going to call would have been similar to what uh, Matt Eberflus called in Tampa in the game two. So I'm not on the same boat where I don't think this is necessarily a benefit to the team. But we'll just see. I mean, you you just heard us ramble through three stories. The last one to touch on is that they released Nate Peterson. Peter, yeah, which isn't much to write home about. But we, ladies and gentlemen, are a full-on heaping fucking dumpster fire in Chicago. That's what we are right now. Jump on board. Try not to get burned because you know what? And just enjoy the fucking ride. It's going to be fun to the number one draft pick again. <laughs> um, just in case you forgot, this podcast is called Trio of Positivity. In case you guys forgot about that. But- you, can, you can hear the smile on my face right now. I, I'm so much enjoying this shit show. It's so sad. So much expectations at the beginning of the year. But uh, in all honesty, right now with where Justin is, something's got to happen. If they lose this Sunday, they're 0-3. That's 13 consecutive losses. We've talked about it before. Expectations last year was that this team was tanking. The crowd base got behind it, or the fan base got behind it. We were down for it. We understood it. Best possible outcome happened. We got DJ Moore. We got a tackle for our quarterback. Fast forward. We lose the first two games in embarrassing fashion and teams that we should have been competitive with. Now we play the Super Bowl champs in their home. Maybe CJ will be right. Maybe they'll get it done. I don't think so. I think it could be a shit show, but hey, what do I know? After that, we play Denver at home. If they don't win that Denver game, things could get messy based on Justin's comments that we recently talked about. I think they may fire Luke Getze if it gets to that point. Um, Because, like I've said many times on this podcast, it's Justin's prove-it year. And if they can't fire Justin right now, he's your quarterback throughout the year. You have to see what you got. So what if there's conflict, if there's head-butting in the offensive room... Who are you going to get rid of? The coordinator and try your next best shot. So we'll see if that happens. Another bit of speculation. I know how much Boobin loves speculation. Is that my, if my, this does, my new favorite word, speculation. If this does go down the tanker, some names that have been thrown out include Eric Bieniemy from the Washington Redskins, Fuck yeah. offensive coordinator. Fuck yeah. So who knows? No. That could be in the cards. I, I honestly, like, we've talked enough about this, but I, I, I'm disappointed. We need, like, a Brian Dayball. You know, like, he saw what Daniel Jones could do. He did the same thing with Josh Allen, let's be honest. He saw what a quarterback can do and fucking use that to but make Luke a Getsy, team better. Luke Getzey did that last year. Look at what happened after that long we bye didn't against win New games. England. We didn't win. No, we games. didn't win games, but our defense was shits. But he, I mean, he transformed Justin into a into a playmaker. I okay. mean, he did that last year. But That's now fair. the coaches have tried to focus on improving his passing game, and have gone to the point where he doesn't feel comfortable running anymore. And mm-hmm. it's just not a good situation. 
Sure. Who knows if something happens this week? I would be willing to put money on the over in his rushing yards personally because I think he's going to be running a lot. <laughs> but that's just me. So it's behind an interesting that situation. Behind that O-line? Oh, yes, he'll be running for a lot. Maybe he'll be running for, for his life. No, maybe not for yards. For his life, it was my, my line, but you took it. But no, well, we, we talked enough about what's going to happen. Let, let's look ahead. Um, like you said, we are playing Kansas City. Uh, it's a game of the week. Um, you know, Kansas City, uh, they're one and one They won a close, closely fought game against the Jags. Jags had a lot of opportunities. They couldn't convert on the in the red zone um, after losing to Detroit. So they, the d- defending champion, they have not looked as great on offense. On defense, they were missing Chris Jones, who came back and looked like a fucking disruptor that he is. But yeah, he did. Um, I I am slightly worried, dude. This might be the get right game, and they may put a fifty burger on us. You know, Nagy revenge game over here. I 100% agree with you. We all know I'm a fan of T-Sizzle. And the only holding, the only hope that I have going forward wow. is that T-Sizzle is in the stands watching her boy, Travis Kelsey, and maybe Travis Kelsey bobs, but I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe he's distracted by T-Swift in the stands, but that's the only solace we have because otherwise I just... Envision right. Mahomes to Kelsey all day, every day. He's going to have right. like 150 yards and two TDs and tear the freaking roof off the stadium. It's yeah. just. Uh, no, like I, I hear you. I lost one of my trio of positivity to the Steelers. I'm going to lose another one to the fucking T-Sizzle and Kansas City Chiefs. I'll be the lone Bears fan on this podcast pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 I'm still a fan, but you know, priorities sometimes. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, I definitely view this as a get right game for them, to be honest. And it could be some score, some points scored for the Bears. It's like, can you contain the big plays? I mean, the bottom line is last game, we did get to Baker a few times, but we didn't get him down. So. Are you going to be able to get to Pat? I mean, I feel like this offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs is probably a little better than Tampa Bay. So will they be able to get take advantage of those opportunities when they touch the quarterback, or are they going to muff it again? So yeah. we'll see. I mean, because- yeah, you guys brought it up. We made freaking Baker look like Justin Fields back there. And we have freaking Mahomes doing his crazy shit back there. He's a magician in the pocket. You know, third and fourth down, I feel like. Long drives. I don't think I, I think there'll be some big plays, but I think it'll be more like like you know, I think they want to get right. They want to be like ten dink and dunk, ten yards, twelve yards, run the ball. I think it'll be uh like a good game like that. I think they'll score like thirty to forty points on us because again, that defense, unless they find a way to get to Mahomes, I think we are cooked. Yeah. I I agree. I, I don't see very many bright spots and reasons why we would win this game. Besides the fact that Justin is a playmaker and the bottom line is he can take any play to the house if he runs the ball. And that's what kept us in a lot of games last year. Hasn't translated this year, but obviously, like we discussed earlier in the podcast, coaches didn't weren't emphasizing that they wanted him to focus on the pocket play. So we'll see. 
in his presser, the one one thing he did say is, "F it, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna ball out." So it doesn't look like he's gonna be listening to the coaches very much longer when it comes to running. So expect to see more running in his future. Which is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I think I've come to the solace of. Is this guy going to be a 4,000-yard passer? Probably not in the next few years. Maybe a, flips, a switch flips in the future, but realistically, what I'm looking for for him is what we talked about, what basically Lamar's MVP season was, around the 3,000, 3,200-yard range with six, 700 rushing yards. That's, that's the ideal spot for Justin. Can he get there? Maybe not this year at this point, but it's possible. Yeah, like I like that idea. That should be the theme of our podcast. Fuck it. You know? Fuck like, it. Chris Jones is going to fucking like cook us up, cook that O-line up. Fuck it. You know, like, you know, we'll, we'll do what we, what we can do. We came to play. We'll play. No, but seriously, um, I just want to see a game competitive. I know they'll score a bunch of points. I just want Bears offense to show up, score a bunch of points. That that's what I want to see, man. I I don't want to see like fifty do nothing. I would if that happens. I may not again be on a third <laughs> recap podcast in a row. I don't know, man. It's 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 a possibility. It's a possibility, and that's what's scary. Okay, uh, let's give our score prediction. Uh, you know, um, we will. You and I will crowdsource one for CJ too. But uh, you can. You want to start with yours? Yeah, we're gonna go with the big old. What's the spread? Isn't the spread like 14? I think I Vegas has it at like 14. That's I think it's 12 spread. or 13. I don't think I've gone to 14 high. yet. That's but, high. That's high for an NFL team. If, honestly, after today, I think probably got to 14. Like it Chicago could've. seems like everything is trending I'm in the wrong direction. Fire. I'm going to go with now, still 30, 31, 20. I'm going to say the Bears cover. Oh, wow. 31-20. Well done. Dude, like, I think that's what the line's going to be. Well done. Um, I think I'm a little under you. I'll probably say like 35-17. Something like that. Somewhere in that range. Okay. We got to come one for CJ. Uh, so CJ thinks Fields is going to ball out. Komet is going to ball out. Komet is going to ball out. But I don't and. think it's going to be a high-scoring game because I don't think the Bears can do it. But he thinks the Bears are going to win. It'll probably be a squeaker. So let's go with the 24-23 Bears for wow. the CJ. Good. I, I was going to say like 24-22, so close enough. Uh, yeah. No, no. Like, that's a great note to end the Positivity Podcast. Well, we, 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 need to give, we need to give our positivity score before we uh, sign off. Uh, <laughs> uh, four? <laughs> Four? Four? You were like a two last week. Oh, was I? Or maybe three then. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm at a, I think I'm at a one right now. I mean, this team's in disarray. It's a dumpster fire. Nothing's going right. They're not. They don't have dude, any. No, no, no. Take that out. Like the. I know it's hard, but take the off off the field thing. Look into week to week one and week two. Just like subjectively look at those two games and give me a rating. You were at a one, let's say, week one. What do you think week two went? It's a freaking one and a half. Maybe. Can you, can I'm still not. Uh, I am not as positive dude, about dude, that performance as you are. Do it for CJ. Do it for CJ. I am CJ. not Say as two. positive about that performance as you are. 
you are hanging your hat on the fact that Tampa Bay beat the Vikings and the Vikings put up a fight against the Eagles. That means shit to me. The bottom line is Tampa Bay, again, was a must-win game, and and they laid an egg. They laid okay. an egg. Like Their offense looks like shit. Their defense didn't get a turnover or sack. They can't do anything. I am very scared about the status of this team and whether they're either going to be even going to be relevant at all this year or we're going to be a bottom feeder again. And if we're a bottom feeder, I don't know what's going to happen. I think we may need to reset this whole thing. Okay. Caleb Williams, 2024 first round draft pick for the now Chicago you, Bears. Thank you. Have a great you day. Will, you will have to fight with Cardinals fans for that. But anyway, because you got to do the score prediction for CJ, I get to do his positive rating. We, <laughs> oh we're going to give it a four. So that you didn't let me do four for me. I'm gonna do four for CJ. You guys and your positive score bullshit. Like, come on, a four? We are not a four. We're gonna bring some we sprinkle some positivity into you, buddy. Jesus. All right. Okay. Are, are, are we ready? I think we should call it a day. Big yeah. week for the Bears. Okay. I know it's a lot of off-season distract, off-the-field distractions. Come on, Bears. Let's bring home the W. Thank you for listening, people. We hope so. We brought some positivity into your life today. I don't know how, but maybe we did. Uh, keep the feedback coming. We'll see you somewhere, somewhere in the near future. We'll have a positive conversation together. <laughs>